brought to you by Unnecessary Force Fields. Do you need to interrupt an epic lightsaber duel? Do you need 10 barriers in front of a giant hole? Then use Unnecessary Force Fields. Why have one when you can have 10? They've got the to the prophecy of the ones who will bring balance to the force? You believe it's this podcast? I don't presume to... But you do! Reveal your opinion is! I request the podcast be listened to, Master. Finding it was the will of the force, I have no doubt of that. <sighs> Play it before us, then. Welcome to Voice of the Rebellion. I'm Mark. I'm Gabe, and this is episode 23. Big ol' 23. Made the big times. Yes. Um, we are going to go ahead and start with a fan letter. Okay. All right. As always, I assume it's from Brian. It is. Okay. Yeah. Dear Voice of the Rebellion, this letter ended up being too long, so I shortened it up with bullet point style. I hope that's okay. Good One. First off, happy belated birthday to the podcast and Mark. Oh, that's nice. really sweet. Yeah. Uh, two, your discussion on your favorite numbers <laughs> stopped me in my tracks. Unbelievably, my lucky and or favorite number is also 11. <gasps> yeah. No, I can't have something in common with Brian. I refuse to accept this. <laughs> uh, three, I believe under the criteria you set for quotes, you chose the correct ones. But not all of us have watched the movies the same way. I think... How or when you watch them influence the viewer's thoughts on a certain quote. That's why I enjoy listening to your podcast because it provides me with a different perspective on this great tale. For myself, the most emotional and memorable quote of the movies is, I am your father. It created an unforgettable ride home from the theater as my family discussed this shocking turn of the story. We then waited three long years only to find out Vader was telling us the truth. Yeah, the problem is I think when I watched him, I knew Vader was... His father, because I was a kid, and like that's what all my friends would tell me. And See, I was a little so kid, and I don't think, think I knew it the first time, yeah. but the problem was I don't remember. Yeah, you wouldn't even remember anyways. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, four. CJ, your question to the guys was fantastic. I almost drove off the road when I listened <laughs> to Mark read on the podcast. I'm now a huge fan of yours. If it's okay, I'd like to answer your question also. My favorite death was when Luke sliced his own hand off, or his own head off, <laughs> not his own hand. Um, but he might as well have because he was pretty incompetent uh, his own head off in the dark damp cave of Dagobah the best part of this scene was it foreshadows Luke's death in The Last Jedi the only disappointment with Luke taking his own life is his head remained attached <laughs> but yeah like he ends up killing himself in the cave and yeah it's metaphorical but then also like it is, yeah, you know, himself. Yeah, not, like, and then he ends dark up, and disturbed when he no, dies. No, like, he was Vader. Yeah, no, I mean, I like There's multiple layers to... There's multiple layers to visions. I just need to find a way to shit on Brian, so... Yeah. Uh, and lastly, Gabe, I've honored our truce. My only battles have been with a fictional character. You've continued... <laughs> I've continued to take the higher ground, <laughs> even while you continually take, take cheap shots at my expense. Seems to me you do not know what a truce was. Even though I feel I've been disrespected, I don't believe I should be the judge and executioner. I'd rather be the latter, so I'll leave it for the listeners and or Chuck to decide our ceasefire. Chuck is a fair referee during the recent trial. Mm -hmm. I'll hold my retaliation until I'm told of the broken accord. P.S. Gabe, there will not be a third truce offered. So. So tread lightly, basically. Yes. I don't know. I'd rather rather test it. Yeah? Yeah. Hey guys, can I join you? Um, I didn't expect to test it so soon. It's Brian. Brian is so, here. So yeah, um, and maybe I should just like back out of the room. Yeah, and let you guys... I'm afraid of being murdered. Honestly, <laughs> um, after this long love affair, I've now met Brian face to face. Yes, and you know what? He's a small guy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> all right. I, I I think I need to take back all those things I said. All of them. Well, all of them. I'm only human. <laughs> yeah. How long can you take that back? Yeah. It's only. Oh, don't worry. I'll sell you in five minutes. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> so, 
Welcome, um, Brian. We're glad to have you. Yeah. I'm glad to be here, guys. Love the podcast. Thank you. So, we need to resolve what is the greatest Star Wars quote of all time. So, if you're a new listener, um, you'll be a bit confused. You need to go back to our previous three episodes. We've been doing a long saga of... A trilogy, okay. if you would. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, a space opera, if it, if it were. No, it's not. Oh, is that not? Oh. No. Um, we went through each trilogy and tried to find what the best quote was using criteria. Yeah. Uh, the prequels quote that one was, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Now, the original trilogy, a dark horse quote just won. Yeah. Because here's what happened. So originally we had two quotes we put up on Facebook that we felt fit the criteria better. Yeah. But it kept gnawing at us that Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope, was not a part of the final two. Yeah. Um, so we ran a new poll. Ran a new poll. Uh, Mark made a great point. I'm being too much of a slave to the criteria. And when you have something as iconic as Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope. And it's not even considered. Yeah, it, that, it's not fair. Yeah. yeah. So we put it up against um, one of the last, one of the two quotes, which was, uh, try not, do or do not, there's no try. Yeah. Um, and it won. So yeah. after all of that, Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, My Only Hope, actually is the winner of the original trilogy. Yes. And then finally, the quote that won the sequel trilogy and Rogue One was, of course, let the past die, kill it if you have to, that's the only way to become what you were meant to be. Yes. So now we have to decide between those three quotes, what is the greatest Star Wars quote of all time? Now, I know my preference. Like, right off the bat. Go ahead and say. It's help me out. We want Kenobi. You're my only hope. No. no. I'm not letting this win the whole thing. <laughs> no. I'm not letting you win. It doesn't fit all the criteria. <laughs> I don't care about the criteria. I don't care about you. I know. Uh, What's the major one it's missing on criteria? Uh, lesson. There's no lesson there. What if the lesson's like old mythology, where if you don't pick up arms when you're requested to join... You know? No, it's just a plea from somebody. There's no, like... You're, you're trying to add a lesson. The, so no, fits. the lesson is that he is the only hope. But he wasn't. But she thought he was. There's no lesson in that. The lesson, just wrong. the lesson is that she thought that he was the no. only hope. <laughs> Here's the thing. I want the prequel quote to win. Fear's the path to the dark side. Because... I think that has the same level of um, it being as iconic yeah. as Help Me Open Kenobi, yeah. but also has the lesson. Yeah, but then you're letting episode one win so? for best quote. <laughs> Why is that bad? There's some, there's, hey, there's some, there's, there's some good dialogue in the prequels. We all know this. I mean, I'm surprised, not... I'm surprised the sand quote isn't in the top three here. <laughs> uh, okay, let's, okay, let's go through, let's just go through the criteria then one by one. Memorability. Um, so memorability. Yeah. I mean, they all... They're all pretty memorable. Yeah. Um, I think... They, they're probably tied to memorability. I don't see one that would be any yeah, more memorable Yeah, the problem is the, the Last Jedi quote is so much newer that it's not necessarily as memorable. But, but it, it is dug into the... I mean, it was yeah. into the ground. Like, yeah. people repeat this over and over again. Um, yeah. Emotional resonance... Well, I think emotional resonance actually let the past die is the, the most biggest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Help me on Kobe, you're my only hope spawned Star Wars. So that, yeah. there is a lot of resonance there, but I don't know if it's as yeah. like when you look at just like the like the character of Kylo Ren and how much is coming off of that quote from him. Yeah. Um, I don't see that being less than that. And fear is the path of the dark that doesn't have a ton of emotional resonance. No. Like a ton, but it's great foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And there's resonance with the viewer because they're, you know, because like, what's he act- got to do with anything? Because he actually tells the entire, what's going to happen throughout the entire rest yeah. of the prequel trilogy. That Anakin's fear will lead to anger, which yeah. will lead to hate, which will lead to him getting all of his limbs hacked off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is Let the Past Die the most emotional, though? I mean, I what do you think? I think you, you cancel one out as much as I love The Force Awakens. Uh, let the past right. die. I think it's too early to call that one, to consider it among the other two. And there's only one that's been used in more than one movie. 
Yeah. That's true. Help me on one Kenobi or my only hope has so much emotional resonance. Oh, damn it. In The Last Jedi. Yeah. Like that cheap trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the lesson that it teaches in The Last Jedi is that Luke can't just he like can't lock himself ignore, away. He can't ignore his, his yes. responsibilities, his and it can be used in every life, day life, which means but that no. how only be on Kenobi or my but, only hope is But no. It is. <laughs> is. Okay, I think I'm obligated to agree. Yeah. I think we're ready to call it. And that being said, I really think the Yoda quote that it lost that it finally beat the second vote, I think is more iconic in the long run. I really do. Yeah. That's what I find interesting. Yeah. It's it said a ton. Like, well, yeah, like you said, let's think about this. I mean, all that setup, that's just as valuable as it being, the Obi-Wan quote being mentioned again in Last Jedi. It wasn't mentioned again. It was a key plot point. Okay, but... It wasn't just like... Okay, but, okay, a key plot point. The entire plot of the movie is Fear is the Path of the Dark Side. The entire plot of Star Wars. No, I mean the original one from the original trilogy, not this Yoda one. Oh, you mean the the one that, yeah, I think that one's really... I was surprised to hear that lost actually well it was except a close that, vote on facebook yeah um, except that it's so much help me Obi-Wan Kenobi or my only hope is I mean that birth of Star Wars well to, yeah. I told People you were quoting this you know to me it reminded me I love mythology I'm a little it's been so long I don't remember some of it to me it reminded me of Helena Troy the face yeah. that lost launched a what a thousand boats if I remember right yeah. started the mm-hmm. war and that's kind of what Got low as, as, as a sailor, I have to correct you. I, I don't. It's a thousand. Been, it's a thousand ships. Ships. Sorry, it's been too. It's <laughs> See, been too Brian's long. an idiot. <laughs> All right, Chuck. <laughs> Let me know when to release the cannons. Um, yeah, but but the thing I okay. So like, I would say that that Yoda quote was iconic, and there was a good lesson. Um, yeah. But I don't think that if you remove that. Nothing happens to Star Wars. If you mm. remove "Help Me Open Kenobi," you're my only hope. Like there's no Star Wars, Wars because yeah. Luke sees this this girl in the and same he's like, in the same way that that Leia beat Luke last year in our March Madness bracket. Mm. Yeah, because we determined that she was so much more impactful yeah. and yeah. and a better character. I just have a hard time swallowing that a quote that well, doesn't have a lesson. I'm gonna win this, but it does when you look at it from the the last Jedi. You're right. No, you're right. So you're therefore, right. it has no, a, right. a yeah. really important yeah. lesson within that context. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the quote itself, word for word, there's no lesson, but within the context of the meaning of what's being applied to, yeah, it does. All right, I'll vote for that one. Okay. Do you agree? Oh, I'm. I agree, guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, there we go. So the best Star Wars quote of all is, time of all time is oh. "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope." Now, just wait for the special edition to come out where uh, George Lucas edits that line, and it's really "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi," or not. You know, whatever. It's up to you. Yeah, you're my only hope, unless there's somebody unless else. There's somebody else. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> now, at this point right here, I'm going to go ahead and edit in the clip of yeah. Um, Carrie Fisher yeah. saying it now, yeah. like as an like an, a much older adult and everything. Yeah, because um, really, like I said before, when we first talked about it, it's a really impactful one. Yeah. So I'll be right here. General Kenobi, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Well, now he begs you to help him in his struggle against, against the Empire. Empire. I regret that I am unable to present my father's request to you in person. But my, my ship, ship has fallen under attack, and I'm afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion to the memory systems of this R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. All right, so other news. Uh, John Favreau is making a live-action television series. Now, I didn't know this, but apparently he actually worked on... The Clone Wars cartoon? I don't know. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Because uh, he does, like he helps. he's in a lot of, like, kids' movies and stuff like yeah. that, so it makes sense they bring him in to... Um, so, I, and obviously, he's made great movies like Iron Man and... Um, Chef. Chef, I don't remember Chef. Uh, 
commercial. It was like an indie film that he like oh, wrote and wow. directed and starred in. Started, so yeah. yeah, I was wondering. If he owns a food truck. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then he also did uh, Zathura. I didn't see it. It was Jumanji in space. Ooh. Literally, it was a board game that was like had a spaceship spaceman, and then Dax Shepard showed up as like the spaceman. <laughs> And their ship ends up floating in space, and it's literally Jumanji. Well, they have to keep playing the game. If it's anything like this, this show should be pretty good. Exactly. <laughs> um, now, from what I've heard, the rumor is this live-action television series will actually be on their streaming service, right. kind of like um, Star Trek Discovery is on CBS All Access only. Mm-hmm. And what it is is that it will cause people to come over and subscribe yeah. to them. Which will then give them the money that they can use to pay for this TV series because it's going to be more expensive. Yeah. Which, of course, I'll do. Yeah. Just tell me what I need to do. Well, listen, I'm, I'm really excited if they do a streaming service, if they have, like, all their old shows from, like, I'm Saturday sure. morning cartoons, like, I mean... Goof Troop and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> like, I will be there for it. So, um, and, of course, I'll be there because they're going to put Star Wars on their streaming. Yeah. And so... I'll be coming over, guys. My wife will not allow it. Yeah. <laughs> my kids are too old now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'll um, give you my password. <laughs> I'm all in then. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, the show's in good hands. Now, they had been working on a TV series that was going to take place in the underhive of Coruscant at one point. And yeah. never got into, like, full development. Well, they don't but seem they're... shy from taking from George Lucas's work. And apparently, according to George Lucas, they had written, like, like 50 episodes. Yeah, it was like a few seasons worth. Yeah. So they could easily sit down and, and just transfer it how they want to. Yeah. Based on the new canon. Take bits and pieces and um, they could also go with something entirely different. Um, there had been rumor for a while they were going to do a pod racing TV series just so they could like hop around to different planets. The problem is <laughs> is that that, that requires, uh, like if you're going to have a show about pod racing, yeah. you're going to have to show lots and lots of pod races so that gets expensive. Yeah. Because they're not going to have time to do a bunch of model work and so they're going to have to do CGI, and that just gets up there, especially if they want to make it look realistic rather than, yeah. like, Rebels is, you know, it's cartoony, so they don't have to work on that much detail. Um, so, yeah. So that's pretty much all the news we have. Yeah, there wasn't really much else yeah. going on. So on to our main topic. They've got the an episode in the Star Wars Clone Wars series is one of the last episodes um, where they actually kind of reveal like firmly what the force is in a yeah. way um, that there's the cosmic force and there's the living force the cosmic force is kind of what you would attribute the will of the force to it's yeah. um, it's this yeah it's and then the, the living force is um, basically like living people creating the force so yeah. and it's and it's a circle so like the cosmic force talks to um, the, li- the people with the living force through midichlorians. Uh-huh. Uh, that's how they worked <laughs> that in. That's how they tried yeah. to like, retcon it. Yeah. Um, the living then, force is what you see when Luke is explaining the force to Rey and how it's all connected. Yes. And so, and then the living yeah. force in turn creates the cosmic force. Yeah. So like all of this, um, you know, all like life going to decay, going to, um, that creates this like presence, this this presence that has like a mind per se. Yeah. Um, so um, in the canon, at least, well, a lot of the old canon now, because they haven't done a ton yet with a lot yeah. of Jedi in the new canon. Um, Though the Jedi Code Book is considered part of the new canon, I believe. Okay. Which is um, a big book that's like some, the Jedi teaching. Some Jedi didn't actually believe there was a will of the Force. They just thought there just was the Force, like just the living yeah. Force and not the cosmic Force. Mm-hmm. Um, but most Jedi believed in it, and the key tenets of this belief were that there, one, was an ultimate destiny, um, that everyone everyone who was born has a destiny um, from the cosmic Force. Uh, two, people should live in the moment so that they can attune their, themselves to hear the cosmic force, mm-hmm. try to communicate with you. Um, and then three, uh, you should just use your instincts so that the will of the force can just work through you. Mm-hmm. And then four, uh, just be completely passive. Don't fight to change your destiny. Yeah. Um, it's a very, like, I would say almost nihilistic view of 
living. And it's you, Buddhist. It's, it's like it's fully Buddhist. It's like you're not. Yeah, you're um, right. Because it's so in Buddhism, they specifically like number four there. They'll hold be passive. Yeah, everybody talks about karma as if it's like good things and bad things, but in Buddhism, the accumulation, karma is the act of doing literally anything. So if you do something good, like it doesn't care what good is. Yeah. You've done something and therefore there will be a reverberation in the universe. Right. It's not like and, a magic karma. It's like just yeah. karma is like just like kind of more of like a physical yeah. sense. So you're doing if, so if you want effects. to reduce your karma to get closer to nirvana, then you basically just have to do nothing. The less you do, yeah. the better it is. So it's it's very much Buddhist in that yeah in that respect. But it and Buddhism but it definitely removes. Well, this this though was also removing any choice because this is yeah. like full on. No, you have a destiny. You're not going to do anything. Yeah, just just let it happen. Yeah, like because Buddhism, they don't, I don't think there's like really destiny in it. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it has all the passive tenets of it, but this, well, also it rem- kind of reminds a, me of um, uh, Douglas Adams, who did the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, did another series that was called uh, Dirk Gently Detective Agency. Mm-hmm. That the guy was a holistic detective, so he would not go looking for clues. He would instead let the clues come to him, <laughs> and and would assume that the universe would work everything out yeah. and have him have him solve clues. So like he would just stumble his way through everything, not really planning anything or even looking for anything, and just going, "Oh, I guess I'm supposed to go this way." And the, but the thing, the crazy thing is, is it actually worked. And the BBC actually came out with a TV series based on it that's in its second season right now. So it's like a really goofy, funny. I mean, right thing, away, it's basically what it is. I see an objection, though, in being, how do you know that the will of the forest doesn't want you to make your own choices? Like, Yeah. I mean, they're just assuming they just wanted to, that it has a specified purpose. Um, well, question two, is this for everyone or those that are just Force-sensitive? Well, That's a good question. I think... They talk about, like, the specifically, like, yeah, the Jedi should do this. They don't the, say, like... The whole universe should do this. I think it's really important to get away from like an X-Men scenario where it's like you're just like a mutant who this is only applies to you. Yeah. The force works through everything. Yeah. Everything is connected. Yeah. And in order to maintain that spiritual sense of it, you, you can't just say, well, this only applies to Jedi. Yeah. Like But at the same time, like the do the Jedi expect everyone in the galaxy to act this way? They probably uh, don't. Because, yeah. Well, because of their vanity. Yeah. Like Luke said. But there's also so few of them that, like, yeah. them doing this won't affect anything. So I feel like because they are able to touch and interact with the Force in a way that other people aren't, that these rules apply more specifically to them. Well, I think, I didn't, yeah, I mean, that's just them being arrogant. Well, I mean, like Luke said, like, when they assume that when they die, the light dies. Yeah. That, mm. that's, that's just vanity. Well, the Sith don't follow those rules, so... Yeah, right. Um, So so speaking of which, so the overall um, metaphysical nature of the will, um, this is my first question um, posed. Um, Is it a Western godly interpretation or an Eastern natural interpretation? So we've gone over a little bit already. Um, The way I see it, there's, there's three options here. There's this kind of Western duality, which is there's a good force, bad force, light side, dark side at odds, you know, like God, devil, and that there's two wills of the force. Yeah. I personally don't like this one. Um, Although you had kind of brushed on this last episode when you were talking about Ray and Kylo being these two wills. Yeah. Um, The second option I see is um, there is only the will of the force and a corruption of that will. Yeah. So um, like how people say there's no evil, there's just a lack of love. Like there's yeah. just a lack of love for the devil, um, but the devil just has a lack of love. He's not evil. He just can't understand yeah. God's love. Yeah. Um, so that that would mean like the Sith are just corrupting it. They're not this yeah. evil force. They don't have their own yeah. will. They're just corrupting the will. Yeah. Um, they're not themselves a force. Yeah. Um, or third option, the more Eastern interpretation, I kind of see more as like a yin yang. Um, that there is only the force, 
and the all the events in the universe we see um, are the push and pull of one will that ebbs yeah. and flows. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of more, you kind of remove a bit of morality from that. Yeah. Because um, people want to say, like, the will of the force is it's wanting this because of this good. Yeah. Maybe the will is just that nature needs to work in this cycle of, yeah. like, empires rising and falling. Yeah. Which is exactly what DJ said in The right. Last Jedi. Because he was talking about, you know, each one of you is going to continue to bloody the nose the other. And it's just going to keep going. Um, now, do you want to know what George Lucas's one like choice was of those three options? What it was B. Yeah, he believes he believed that the the dark side was a corruption of the Force. That there and that's, there is no dark true dark side. It's just yeah. it's uh, it's selfishness because you look at yeah. the Sith. They care often about the, the physical realm. They care about prolonging their life. They yeah. have all these Force powers mm-hmm. based on well, even um, like the Sith ghosts. They're they're created because the person was trying to like make themselves live forever. Yeah, and that they're only existing on this plane. They aren't going exist, existing right. as being one with the. So force they're not becoming one with the force, one with yeah. the cosmic force. Um, yeah, they're just a corruption that can't because yeah. they they don't see how to. Yeah, um, I, I kind of see it as a combination of the corruption and the Eastern Yin Yang. Yeah, because they've hit the Yin Yang so heavily with Rey and Kylo. Yeah. in these new movies that it feels like they're trying to push it in that direction a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, yeah. Brian, what do you think? Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys, two and three, but in the original, in the prequel, there's a whole, there's all these Jedi, only one Sith and you know his apprentice. Yeah. So you can't, as one run rises, the dark side doesn't rise with him because there's only two. So I was thinking about that when you guys were talking, this was your next subject is, how does that fall? Where in the Force Awakens, they were, or the Last Jedi, they talk about how, um, as his powers mm-hmm. grow stronger. I do, I do have that in oh, okay. um, the next section here. Um, yeah. It's working ahead. Sorry. Or, no, yeah, no, no, you're fine. Anything I can do to cut? Yeah, no, 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 no. We're gonna the we're gonna bounce is, around. It's fine. Um, is that the 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 Jedi at the time of the prequels were powerful, and the Sith were not, but the Sith were still operating in secret. And the whole reason why the Sith exist as only two is because Darth Bane saw how awful the Sith made everything by having there be this whole massive group of Sith because they can never get along. And so he felt that the Sith would be stronger if there was two of them rather than thousands. So the idea two are getting strong is the ten thousand. Yeah, because these ten thousand were just mm-hmm. going off, and like because they were there was so much petty and fighting and everything, that they could never work together. So if you could just get two to work, no, I mean together. the ten thousand Jedi compared to the two. Oh Sith, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so the Sith were that maybe that's why the Emperor is so powerful. Yeah. So and that in the end they showed the two Sith were better, are more yeah. powerful than the Jedi because they yeah. destroyed all of them. You're, you're correct. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think of that. So no. No, let's go to that then. Let's skip to that. Um, so I had down here that. Um, in the section of how, how the will of the force works through people. Yeah. Um, there is that line that I think changes a lot of things in last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And that is Snoke saying darkness rises and light to meet it. I knew as, as your rival would get stronger. Um, I know as you, as soon as you would get stronger, so would your rival. I thought it was Luke, but it's Ray. Yeah. Um, does that imply that the will of the force is trying to make somebody strong so, so that it can combat something? So, so the will is it wants to push back on something. So, um, so when you look at like Anakin, right? Mm-hmm. He's super powerful. Yeah. Is the will of the force trying to um, make him as powerful to defeat Palpatine, or vice mm-hmm. versa? Which I have in an, in an additional section to take down the Jedi Order itself, because maybe that was the will of the Force to begin with. Yeah. Um, or two. But if the if the if the chosen one was created to in order to stop the sort of lame duck nature of the Jedi. Well, let's let's put that on. Yeah, there. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, two. It was Luke given all of this power by the will of the Force to combat Vader and Palpatine. Yeah. With Ray given all this power to combat them. So how does that relate to 
um, each interpretation that we laid out to begin with. So in the the most, I think, applicable one here is, is the Western duality of good force, bad force, because it's yeah. like the will pushing back on this bad force. But I think it's just as evenly applied to... But he says to, but darkness rises in light to me. He doesn't say the dark side of the force. Right. He's saying the darkness so rises in the galaxy. So it's just trying to stop the corruption of the force. Yeah. The, or the yin-yang. The, it's the ebb and flow, right? It's yeah. the... It's a... Uh, Ray is going to get stronger because you have to. Then you have to have this cycle yeah. of um, pushing back on that darkness. Yeah. The darkness will rise, and it's this. So if you look at it, if you look at it from Western, like if you look at it through Christianity, that basically the whole universe is in and of itself evil and corrupt, and everybody is. And but then you have quote unquote the force. You've got God who is good. And he, in the darkness of humanity, is like rising up, and then the force is rising up against it in order to stop it. So in that way, you, you have a, it's a duality, but it's not between the good force and the bad force. It's yeah. between, between like, the corruption, the of, corruption man. of man slash, you know, yeah. mortal beings versus yeah. the immortal cosmic force yeah. that is... That is in it, in and of its nature good and that it creates life and helps it grow and all that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the um, second question I had as far as the will of the forest. If there's a will of the forest, does that mean there are predetermined paths? So is there destiny in Star Wars? Um, one line that got me thinking about this was when Rey talks, about, talks to Kylo Ren. She says, I saw your future, just the shape of it, but it was solid and clear. Um, and then, you know, like there's like lines from Yoda where he's like, if you go down the dark side forever, will it dominate your destiny? Yeah. Um, now to me, I think this proves that there actually aren't predetermined paths. Yeah. Because it says it will dominate your destiny. Not that it will be your destiny. And it'll basically like Vader was not forever dominated because it came back to the light. But he was dominated. Yeah. Like it dominate dominate means like when dominating your destiny. I, I interpret it as like basically like it will always be lurking over your shoulder, like yeah. to be there to corrupt and destroy you. If you don't, then fight against it. Which does yeah, it yeah. does mean that there's no predetermined path. But what do you say to? Um, well, yeah. So we agree then. Um, but another thing to think about is like. Like it feels like Kylo Ren went to the dark side because Luke thought he had a predetermined path yeah. to be dark and reacted so. Yeah. Thus creating the the, the yeah. turn to the dark side. Yeah. If he had not decided that this was his path, yeah. that this was his fate, his destiny. Yeah. And I think that was actually the lesson was that yes, these feelings are in people, but they're not um, always gonna turn out that way. Yeah. You don't have to think that. So, but I guess, how does that factor in it? So the, the will of the forest, like, is there any other evidence that would be? Well, in that case, let's say Luke's building a new Jedi empire. Mm -hmm. The will of the forest didn't want that. So it kind of pulled Kylo out yeah. to the dark. I guess the better question is how much push and pull does the will of the forest have on people? How much yeah. is it there talking? Um, actually, I just learned this. Um, apparently, in the Force Awakens uh, visual dictionary, yeah, um, it says that the cosmic force went dormant, mm -hmm. and it didn't awaken. Force Awakens, yeah, until Rey okay. got her powers. Yeah. So, if it was dormant during the rise of the First Order, mm -hmm. um, you can tell that the First Order is not the Will's intent. Yeah. Um, well, you also, Luke shut himself off from the Force during that time, too, is what yeah. Ray discovered. Yeah. So, so maybe there was be, no equal side. Could that be why it went dormant? Because I was about to ask that. Like, or could that, what is it that caused it or, to go or dormant? Or did it go to Ray because it could no longer work through Luke? Luke. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Called out to the next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, okay, this guy's which not by responding. The, which, by the way, that's actually something I wish I could have. we could have seen more in um, The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Because... He talks about how he's cut off from the Force. We never once see him try to use it, and it seems like he just like, oh, I'll just head up to the attic and flick the light on. 
Yeah. Like, you don't see any, like, struggle of him trying to reconnect with it? Well, I think it's just because imply that he, he's so powerful. I mean, yeah, except agree. Like, yeah. I think he just didn't... We don't know how powerful he was. Well, so, what, if you don't you, read the what, books. You want, like, a portion of the movie to be him, like, oh, I'm training now to get back to what no, I was. No, 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 no. And then, But, like... For him to be like, I've I completely sealed myself off from the force, and then like the next scene, he's just like, I got the force back, guys. Like the there, there's precedent for Luke cutting himself off from the force in the old um, Knights of the Old Republic comics that were out way before there was any of the video games or anything, mm-hmm. and that there was this one um, Jedi who ended up helping the Sith um, called Ulic Quildroma, and he. Um, he ended up turning uh, turning against the Jedi, and then when he finally faced off against this other Jedi who was his lover, she ended up using the Force to sever his connection to the Force. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up going into hiding, and like the final book of the entire series was her daughter grew, grew up and was like, I'm going to go learn the Force from Ulit Quildroma, she tracks him down and finds him on his planet, and he's completely disconnected from the Force. And he's like, no, I can't teach anything. I was a bad guy. And then when finally, like, the final confrontation happens, like, the mom comes looking for her daughter, faces off against him, he doesn't have the Force, and there was some other character, stuff happens, and she's all in a rage, and they finally, like, he basically talks everybody down and is like, no, like, we should be at peace. And then some random dude shoots him. Like the pilot, he's like, he's like, I killed Ulic Quildrum, I'm a hero. And then Ulic is like, well, I'm dead. And then he fades into the into the force. And you're like, whoa, like, what if you finally looked, like Well, what if you looked at it this way? If Luke was at full power immediately, he wouldn't the effort wouldn't have killed him to make that projection. But yeah. because he wasn't, it did kill him. Yeah. I think I would have just been happy with like a single scene where he's like struggling to like connect to the force yeah. and he can't and he could so have some sort of visual like when he was explaining yeah. to um, Ray like the cycle where you saw like suddenly everything sort of clicked together as he like regained. You know, yeah. We only see him connection. use the force twice in that movie. Once yeah. when he reached out to Leia. To Leia. Yeah, Leia, sorry, I said yeah. And then the force projection. So yeah. how powerful actually was yeah. it? We never really get yeah. to see it. That's either. true, yeah. Um, another thing that kind of questions whether it's predetermined paths is when Luke has a vision of Han and Leia being tortured in Cloud mm-hmm. City, Yeah, that causes him to go to them. Yeah. Well, the cosmic force made him have that vision. Yeah. So is it the will of the force to get him on this predetermined path to go there? Yeah. And then have his experience with Vader. That's true. So is this all destiny? But does that mean that with the whole, like, Jedi's whole thing about being passive and don't try to fight your destiny, Yoda and Obi-Wan were then fighting against Luke's destiny by telling him not to go. Oh, I know. And I think, well, I so, think that's part of the point, is that Yoda and Obi-Wan were wrong. They're always yeah. wrong. Yeah. Well, if I remember right, doesn't Yoda say in the prequel, the dark side is dark, it's hard to see? Yeah. Yeah, it clouds everything. Clouds, yeah, so you can't tell um, yeah. what's going on. But that just shows their arrogance. But they're like, no, no this is how it is, Luke. <laughs> no, like, you're going to stick around. Yeah, like, yeah. we're going to lose you, but yeah. there is another. Yeah, so yeah. they thought he was gone. Um, yeah. So let's move on with one of the biggest things with the will of the force, and that's the chosen one prophecy. Yeah. Um, and again, this kind of goes along with the predetermined path. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this a little bit back in episode 10. Um so Qui-Gon declared it was the will of the Force to find Anakin. Yeah. Um, but the bigger question is, and this is where I want to bring this discussion back, is Anakin's rise and fall the will of the Force? Or does the will of the Force allow Anakin to make his own decisions? Like Anakin was the chosen one meant to destroy Palpatine, and that was always going to happen. But in the process, Anakin could make his own decisions um, as, as a man, as a corrupt man. Yeah. Um, even though he'd eventually get there in the end. So, like, it's either, like, the Force wanted him to rise and fall with the light and dark, yeah, or it just wanted him to be able to make his own choices, but ultimately, as he does, he gets rid of Palpatine. Like, if he got rid of Palpatine right away, that, yeah. was, that would have been the same will of the Force. Yeah. Um, and another question being, what if it was the will of the Force to end the Jedi Order? Because... Yeah. Like we talk about the Sith being a corruption of the Force. Yeah. What if the Jedi... Well, I mean, they absolutely were a corruption of the Force. Yeah, like, 
What if the they will were, of the Force is interpreting the Jedi Order as a corruption of what the Force is supposed to be? And that's why yeah. you see this whole let the past die in these new movies. Because Rey is not really like a regular Jedi. Yeah. She's a whole new breed. Yeah. So basically the Force, like, it's like, it's activating, it's basically like activating its immune system. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, like, cancer is real, real bad. But also, the body still doesn't want to have a cold. And like, yeah, so the Jedi aren't as bad as the Sith, but even yeah. so, the Force is like, well, we gotta clear this out of our system. Yeah. Because they're not doing, they're not doing the will of the Force either. So. But then, is that a, like a, that would be, I think, more of an Eastern interpretation. Yeah. Because if you apply more morality to that, it makes the will of the Force a dick. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like, unless, like, becoming one with the Force is is actually, you know, I mean, they all die, but in dying, you become one with the Force, so that is morally good because um, being one with the Cosmic Force is seen as good. You become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, or it's just that they just wanted them dead and then want some new Jedi Order. Yeah, maybe the Force was just lonely and it just wanted a bunch of friends. Um, okay, so now let's go to the third question was, how does the force work through people? We already talked about, um, it giving people power. Yeah. Um, like Ray, Anakin, and Luke. Um, here's something I stumbled upon in my research that I thought was fascinating that for some reason I hadn't even thought of. Is the entire Skywalker line a perversion <laughs> of the force's input? Yeah. Like, if you, if you go with a theory that Palpatine created Anakin through the midichlorians. Yeah. That means that every descendant was not the will of the force. It was yeah. Palpatine's will, which is a corruption of the force. Yeah. So that's why you see like, yeah, maybe Luke was a hiccup, but that's why you see Kylo Ren, this corrupt guy ruin everything. Again. So this entire storyline is the force fighting back against the Skywalkers. Yeah. Trying to eliminate them from the universe. Yeah. So that it can get back to doing what it was doing. That's why it wouldn't allow Luke's new Jedi order. That makes sense. Like, it it blew my yeah, it blew my mind. I was like, but they're the main heroes. They're yeah. the heroes of the story. Like Luke's yeah. my favorite character. How could that be? Yeah, it, it challenges me. I uh, read that too, and it's yeah. basically skipped a generation with uh, Lit Leia and, right. and Luke, yeah. and then Kylo's bad. But Kylo then, was created yeah. by Luke. But, but that's why the Force gives Rey all this power. This like it's like up power. It's like just do something. It's like you need to end the Skywalker line. Yeah, and that's why not, and that goes with the symbolism of destroying Luke's lightsaber. Going back to the whole immune, going back to the whole immune system. It's like getting a B twelve injection. <laughs> yeah, it's like stop taking little B twelve yeah. pills, and you're going to take this just hyperdose. Yeah. So if that's yeah. true, that means Kylo's got to go in the last. Yeah. yeah. And that still works for Star Wars because then it's the story of like the worst of man without God. Yeah. You know, like, what does man become without the actual will of the Force? Yeah. And, it, and you see, like, yeah, he could become good like Luke, but also really bad like Anakin and Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's pretty trippy. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that interpretation. Yeah, I do too. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I gotta say about that. Uh, and then Force visions. So, uh, like, Luke's vision in the cave and Ray's vision with the yeah. mirror. Um, that's got to be a bold force yeah. to working through people trying yeah. to tell you something. Yeah. Um, and I think that both ask, what are you going to become? Yeah. What will you become? <laughs> what will you become? <laughs> um, you know, Luke's being like, are you going to go down this dark path? Like Vader Ray's being like, you're not going to see your parents. Yeah. What are you going to do with that information that like, mm-hmm. that you're nobody? Yeah. Well, helping rebels too. Yeah. yeah with the Ezra saw. They tested him in the same type of vision. Yeah. Exactly. Um, like there's these these force visions always end up. And so I, mean, I think I feel like these visions imply that the cosmic force doesn't have a heavy hand in what goes on because they're yeah. just like presenting this information. Like, yeah. I'm going to ask you a tough question here with this vision. Yeah. You do with it what you want. Yeah. Also, is it asking a tough question? Or is the cosmic force so beyond mortal understanding yeah. that it's like trying to present all the information, but it's like operating in like fifth dimensional space. And it's like, yeah. I don't know, man, figure it out. <laughs> or or like, like interstellar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or does it already know how you're going to react? Yeah, exactly. If it's 
predestined. Because they're right. If the, yeah, because it's just all a predetermined path. They know which way. It's just to push you towards. But the here's, path. here's the question: Is it a predetermined path if the force simply exists at all times in all places? Just because something is going to happen, it absolutely is going to happen because the force exists in the future. Does does that mean that we don't have free will? It's the, it's the same question that's asked by philosophers mm-hmm. regularly. Yeah. Do we not have free will if God can it, it can see the past and the, yeah. and, the, and the future? Do we no longer have free will? It's the same thing with the force here. If the force can see the, the future and therefore give you visions of the future, does that mean you have no will? Or can you change it? Have we seen people change their destiny in Star Wars ever? problem is you don't know what their destiny actually is yeah so you can answer that question yeah you couldn't you could never know if all of this was supposed to be the point the destiny to begin with yeah. or which is a great cop out by the force yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no man this is my point all along <laughs> there, see he's being a dick again yeah um my fourth question that i thought was interesting uh regards force ghosts um is becoming a force ghost so when you become a force ghost, you retain your identity. Yeah. Instead of becoming one with the force, you yeah. have your your personality, your memories. Yeah. Um, does that break with the will of the force, or does that, or are you acting as like an emissary of the will of the force? Yeah. So like, it's like in one regard, you see Obi Wan, he was passive, like the tenet of being passive. Yeah. Um, he, he puts up his lightsaber, chooses to be killed, becomes one with the force. Um, but on the other hand, there's that scene that gets me thinking where it's like when Yoda used the lightning on the force tree. Yeah. Is that Yoda doing that? Is that Yoda doing it because it knows that that's what the will of the force wants? Or it's just an interesting, I don't know, it's just an interesting thought that came out of my head. I think, like, I think I have an answer. Okay. All right. So in From a Certain Point of View, which is the book that we've talked about before that covers a new hope from a bunch of different characters perspectives yeah there's a chapter that is called master and apprentice it's by claudia gray and it is qui-gon jinn interacting with obi-wan kenobi as well while luke is has run off to go check on uncle owen and aunt Beru. okay so um basically while he's like standing there hucking um, Jaw was into the fire. <laughs> um, Qui-Gon shows up. So, um, what a good time. What if Qui-Gon's just like, uh, yeah. what are you doing? Um, uh, uh, like, Awareness precedes consciousness. The warmth is luxuriated in and drawn upon before the mind is cognizant of doing so. Next comes the illusion of linear time. Not only does a sense of individual individuality arise, a remembrance of what was and what is, a knowledge of oneself as separate from the force. It provides a vantage point for experiencing the physical world in its complexity and ecstasy. But the pain of that separation is endurable only because unity will come again and soon. The fracture from the all, that memory of temporal existence, is most easily summed up with the word the fracture was once called by the name, Qui-Gon. The name is spoken by another. Qui-Gon has been summoned. He draws upon his memories of himself and takes shape, reassembling the form he last did in life. It seems to him that he feels flesh wrap around his bones, hair and skin over flesh, robes over skin, and then, as naturally to him as though he had done so yesterday, he pulls down the hood from his Jedi cloak and looks upon his Padawan. Obi-Wan. It's worth the travail of individual existence just to say the name again. So he says the other name too. Ben. So... Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon shows up. Yeah. But he is a fracture from the Force. That he has become the the Force goes to become one with the Force. Mm-hmm. But then in order to interact with the real world, they have to sort of like break themselves free. So it's of not the, the will of the Force. Is the Force allowing them to go? The will of the Force yeah. is I think so. Because also an emissary, like they know what the will wants, so that's why they're presenting themselves to tell Obi-Wan, hey, this is how it's going to go down. One of the issues, too, is that um, Obi-Wan then is talking to um, Obi-Wan's talking to Qui-Gon, and at one point oh, here we sit um, 
basically Qui-Gon is explaining how he's like more corporeal than Obi-Wan's seen him in a long time. And he's talking about the transition from life to death in a way, though I could scarce, scarcely have imagined it when I was alive. Even after death, we continue to learn. I look forward to learning the art someday, Obi-Wan says, hopefully in the distant future. It's another one of his dry jokes, nothing more but Qui-Gon has moved regardless. Obi-Wan has so little left, time left to live. To Qui-Gon, the death seems inevitable, almost neutral. He can even anticipate the reunion with his, with his Padawan. But after all the losses, all his sacrifice, all the endless years in the desert, Obi-Wan still wants more life. This too is a kind of courage. Qui-Gon remembers the vitality of mortal existence fondly but distantly. At least he has, has something better to offer Obi-Wan. So he knows that Obi-Wan is going to die and sin. So as part so of he the still force, has a yeah, so he still has yeah. a connection to the will of the force. Yes. Because he can see through all of time and space. Yes, because he is one with force. But he's still breaking away just to retain his identity. I guess it's just kind of a gray to area. speak it's directly like, to, to yeah. everyone, yeah. I don't know. I just think there's a lot there to... I mean, I think it's... So the Yoda lightning scene, Yeah. I think it was pretty clear that the Cosmic Force does want a new kind of Jedi order. Yeah. Like, they're done with this. I also think the Cosmic Force is so big it doesn't give a shit whether yeah. or not... Well, whether or not some random piece of it on some random nameless planet brings yeah. down a lightning bolt. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the rebel episode yet where Ezra goes into the temple? Not yet. No. See, I'm wondering yeah. now if maybe that's the force looking in on what's going on. I've yeah. watched it cause I'm jumping around. I can't watch it. Yeah, well, I mean, I watched that yeah. scene online cause I, I'm wondering I now if that is like the will of the force, just keeping an eye and have some having memories maybe. What? Like the architect in the Matrix? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, lack of a better, yeah. Yeah. From what I heard of the scene, that's basically what it is, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm remembering how it went down. It just totally brought that back to me. Yeah. Hmm. Well, my last question. From all everything we've discussed, can we figure out what actually is the will of the Force's ultimate purpose? What it wants? No. Which is the point. Yeah, Probably. I think I think that the Force is beyond mortal understanding, yeah. and that's why the Jedi exist to try to figure it out. But they can't. Yeah. It's but they gonna... but they f it up. Yeah, like, yeah, and I guess it might just go to what interpretation it took to begin with in the first question. Uh, yeah. You know, is, is it a Western duality? Is it a corruption of God, or is it an Eastern Yin Yang? Like, yeah. And there's more interpretations than that. Those are just the top yeah. three that, that come to my mind. Yeah. Because um, yeah. if it is just a yin-yang, there is no actual, like, purpose. It's just yeah. nature. Yeah. But so, they seem to imply that it has a will, so does it? Well, they talk about it a lot, but they're yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. So, um, obviously, there's no clear answer, but vagueness is what helps myth. Yeah. All right. That's what makes mythology so interesting. There's no mysticism without mystery. Yeah. Um, Big word. Yeah. That was in my notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think actually ultimately what makes the force so interesting is that it's a combination of Eastern and Western philosophy. And yeah. that's what, that's what makes it have an impact around the world. That's why people like list their religion as Jedi. Yeah. Like think, uh, there's some country, I forget what country it is that the most England. people there like huh. the most people there, like the religions Jedi, like oh that may be um, Iceland, but because yeah, Iceland it was, it was is something, yeah, like the most common religion is Jedi. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's because like, it's because Iceland is overwhelmingly atheistic. Yeah, and so when they have to fill sense, in religion yeah. for the the census, yeah, they're just they're like, like I'll throw in Jedi. Okay, there. sure, why not? <laughs> so, all right, all right let's move on. That was a really good topic. Yeah, trivia. trivia. For trivia, oh yeah, I have gifts oh. for you guys. Yeah. thanks for allowing me on the podcast. Mark, I got you. I got you a six-pack of Shock Top. Thank you very much. And Gabe, I couldn't find Zima, so I got you a six-pack of hams. American Classic Premium Beer. Wow. It's premium. Only the good stuff. Me, yeah. Right? <laughs> what was that, like two bucks for a six-pack? <laughs> More than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. And I'm ready to declare the third and final truce. I will be nice to you. I haven't broke the second truce. <laughs> I'm waiting for... Okay, no, no. I still think that my logic stands from your fan letter a few episodes ago where you said that the ratings wouldn't be good if there wasn't this conflicting dialogue. 
and yet you wanted a truce. Therefore, you want our ratings to go bad. I, I think you asked for it, could no longer handle it, but yet you want me to be <laughs> passive. And you, you want, want him to be the bigger man. <laughs> yeah, so I will continue being the bigger man until the listeners or Chuck decide <laughs> I can unload my cannons. It's gonna be true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and move on to some trivia. It's not a satellite, but it can light up the sky when it blows Okay, so we are currently tied still at 89 to 89. Again, yeah. I'm just letting you have hope so I'm I can sure. crush it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Fine. All right. Yeah. Who is assigned to create a diversion that feeds main entrance so Padme Amidala can enter the palace? Create a diversion of the main entrance. Oh. Oh. Uh, who does that? It's the well. It's just like the 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 guards. It's not like a. It's oh, what's his name? Captain Panaka. Uh, <laughs> I can remember. Yeah. yeah. How many laps does Anakin Skywalker complete to win the pod race? Three. Yeah. Jeez. Who's oh. Padme Amidala's firstborn child? Um. It is. Yes. Who continues to reassemble C-3PO during the Millennium Falcon's escape from, Cl- from Cloud City? R2-D2. <coughs> what are you doing? You're not finished with me yet. Yeah. Which city's docking bay 94 serves as a temporary home for the Millennium Falcon? 94. Mos Eisley Spaceport. Yeah. Richard Hines. Who sits up on the floor of the Geonosian Arena convinced that he's had a peculiar dream? Oh, C-3PO. Yeah, that was an easy... That was such that's an because, easy... That's because half easy. of them were C-3PO questions. Yeah. <laughs> so easy. All right. Here comes the difficult one. Yeah. Which species are the three <laughs> aliens seated outside the entrance to the Moss Eisley Cantina? Um, in the Jawas? Yeah. Yeah. Who confidently asks two Jedi to hand over their lightsabers, noting, We don't want to make a mess of things in front of the Chancellor! Who confidently asks two Jedi to hand over their lightsabers, noting, We don't want to make a mess of things in front of the Chancellor. Um, that would be um, Count Dooku. Yes. Yeah. But it was Jar Jar, though. Yeah. Because I did the Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> Who claims to have broken into places more secure than the Imperial Bunker on Endor? Han Solo. Um, actually, we were looking for dumbass Han Solo. Mm. Sorry. Mm. Who unwittingly destroys the controls to extend a bridge across the Death Star's chasm? Luke. Yep. Which planet... Old dummy. <laughs> Which planet... Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> You're both going to... <laughs> Which planet is Luke Skywalker approaching when he announces over his comlink, I'm not picking up any cities or technology? Dagobah. Who, after landing a vicious kick to General Grievous's leg, grimaces and grabs his shin in pain? Um, uh, General Grievous. That'd be Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. The car was so easy. I'm Mark. <laughs> it was so easy. It's wow. so stupid. I knew a lot of that one, actually. Yeah. Well, the... I couldn't remember the first one. The reason I went with Obi-Wan on that was because Obi-Wan is... Like, I was like... He, he, Obi-Wan fights him twice, whereas yeah. Anakin only fights him once. I couldn't remember where the kick actually happened, but I figured it was in the second fight. And also, Anakin doesn't... Nothing funny ever happens with Anakin. Yeah. He doesn't do goofy things during duels, whereas Obi Wan always has like crazy things yeah. that happen. Hello there, I'm Obi Wan. Yeah, um, that means we are tied at ninety five now. Yeah, we're, we've been tied three straight times in a row now. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's nerve wracking. Yeah, you're nervous. I'm not. So, all, all right. right. Well, well, thank, thank you, thank Brian. You, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you, guys. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it was good times. And uh, we will catch you next time for episode 
24. 24. Docking Bay 24. Docking Bay 24. So when we get to episode 94, we have to... Oh, man. <laughs> We're, that's going to be an entire episode about the docking yeah. bays of Star Wars. And listen... We'll I've have got, gone through everything. I've got some things to say. I've got some things to say about the docking bays. Yeah. So we will catch you next time. See ya. Let the podcast die. Kill it if you have to. It's not a law, 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 it's not a